Welcome to the Blogger to Author Podcast, where we help you turn your content into a book so you can share your passion, build authority in your niche, and make a little money too. Now, here's your host, Dr. Beth Brombos. Hello, and welcome to episode 37 of the Blogger to Author Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Beth Brombos. Today's episode is all about the one topic that strikes fear into every blogger or entrepreneur's heart, legal issues. I think a lot of us instinctively avoid thinking about potential legal problems because we're afraid to think about our legal vulnerabilities and the issues that they can bring. Unfortunately, avoiding the problem doesn't make it go away. Luckily, today's guest can help. I'm so excited to feature an interview with Danielle Liss Esquire in today's episode. In this interview, Danielle gives some great advice to help you understand the legal issues you should be thinking about, whether you're an author, influencer, or small business owner. She helps us understand that protecting yourself legally doesn't have to be scary. A little more about Danielle. Danielle Liss is a partner at Hashtag Legal, a law firm focused on working with influencers and online business owners. As former chief marketing officer and general counsel of an influencer network, Danielle has extensive experience working with influencers on all aspects of their business. Here's my interview with Danielle. Thank you so much, Danielle, for coming on the Blogger to Author podcast to talk about legal issues. I really appreciate your time and expertise. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And I know that our listeners are, or they should be, excited to listen to all of your tips and advice because you are just an amazing wealth of knowledge. And I know listeners, you're going to get to understand that. Danielle is an expert in all things legal when it comes to influencing, content creating, blogging. So you're going to get, I think, some great tips from her that way. But then also we are going to dive into what you need to know legally in terms of writing a book and publishing and that sort of thing, but we'll get into that in a second. So to start off the interview, Danielle, I would love you to tell us about yourself and how you got into helping bloggers and influencers with their legal needs. Absolutely. Um, so I'm guessing people have figured out by now I am a lawyer. <laughs> so <laughs> the way that I got into the blogging side was I started a blog when I was in law school. It was 2004 and blogging was a very different beast then. I think that it was more like what I would do with Facebook now where it's just little random thoughts about my day mm -hmm. type of thing. That blog stayed with me through just about every stage of life since then and now sits quietly and gets an occasional book review. <laughs> so it's not <laughs> very frequently used, but it's still there. So it got me really interested just in that space. At one point, one of my friends, this was very early on in kind of the using sponsored content and getting people to post that sort of thing. I, a friend brought me a contract and said, hey, can you review this for me? And I read it and I said, "Ooh, that's not so good. I don't like those provisions. Can you go back and ask them to negotiate it? This was probably 2010. Mm -hmm. And it was around that time that and I was doing construction and business litigation mostly, which anyone who knows my brain knows that construction was not the right fit for me. There's only so much time I can spend talking about drywall and trying to pretend that I'm super interested in it. Um, so 
from that point, I started speaking and I kind of felt like I was living this dual life. I had one side of me that was really interested in, in the influencer piece of the business, but I wasn't sure how to grow that into a practice at that stage. I then left and became CMO and general counsel of an influencer network. And at that point, I really got to know all of the ins and outs of the legal side of the business from the brand perspective, from the network perspective, what agencies are looking for and what we need to do for bloggers to be able to protect themselves as their businesses grow. And really, I view influencers to be a business. And I know that sometimes you can look at it, oh, it's just a hobby blog. I'm not a business and that's fine. But I view the influencers, it's just as much of a business as the networks are. So what our goal is, is to say, okay, here's everything that you need as a business to protect yourself. And in 2015, I made the decision to kind of take the leap away from the network. And I met my partner. We decided to start our our two businesses, which are businesses, which is more of the DIY side of things and courses and hashtag legal, which is what you would think of as a more traditional law firm where we are working with clients and working with them on specific legal issues. So you have answered this a little bit, but I'd love to hear a little more detail about how you help small businesses and bloggers and influencers with their legal needs. I guess, first of all, if you wouldn't mind running through, I guess, the most common legal questions that you hear or, you know, pick a couple and then talk about how you help people with those needs. Absolutely. I think that there's probably when it comes to the influencer space, four main areas where we do work with them. First of all, when they are in that stage where they're thinking, I'm making money now. Do I need to incorporate my business? What form do I want? Mm. We do a lot of entity formation and typically it's LLCs, wherever the person is located in the state where they live. The second aspect is website policies. So one question we get all the time is, I have this free privacy policy. Is that going to be good enough? Then I give the worst lawyer answer ever, and that is maybe. So, <laughs> and, and people are just like, can't you just tell me? And I'm like, I, it depends. Um, so we also do a lot of website policies, and that can be things from, depending upon what people write about, their disclaimers, um, their privacy policies, affiliate program, terms and conditions, regular terms and conditions, purchase policies, it really, there's a pretty wide range because I think that the traditional sense of an influencer just writing sponsored content, it's there. But I think that we see many people expanding past that and they may be offering information products too. Mm -hmm. So that's when the website terms, I think, become a pretty high priority item for people. The next area is contracts. Contracts are my very favorite, which that's probably not something most people say. But We do both drafting contracts and contract review. So, for example, right now when we're recording this, it's Q4, which is a really busy time for sponsored content. People get a contract that they are looking at it saying, I don't really understand this one provision. That's the type of thing that we can help out there with the review. And we always have been able to help people negotiate those terms as well. Mm -hmm. And the last piece is a big one, which is intellectual property. So that is things like questions about copyright. If someone is stealing your content, you need to send out that cease and desist or a DMCA letter and need help with it. Mm -hmm. Or if people want to register for trademarks, that's a really big piece of our business right now is people saying, okay, I've really established this. I want to make sure that my brand is protected. What's the next step in filing for that trademark? Awesome. I think that's probably setting off some light bulbs in our listeners' heads. It definitely is for me. 
So to kind of follow up on that, you obviously work with a lot of bloggers and influencers. What are the biggest mistakes you see them making in their businesses? Ignoring it. I feel like legal gets a bad rap sometimes. I think that it may be unfamiliar, so it starts to seem scary and people just avoid it and think I'll deal with it either later or never because what's really going to happen to me? Mm-hmm. And what happens is then they need it and they don't have the things in place that I would typically recommend for a small business when they're forming. So they may not have their LLC in place. They may not have gotten a contract or someone is stealing their content and they don't know what to do about it. So my goal is to try to help people see that legal doesn't have to be scary. Legal, I view us as partners for people in the influencer marketing space because our goal is to help you grow and scale your business. So we don't want legal to ever feel like a burden. We want people to understand how it can help them grow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and you want to make sure you protect yourself as well, too. For sure. And I think that that's so important. I always say I'm I feel like I could just have the tattoo, get it in writing. And <laughs> and so that's one of the biggest things is especially like we see so many people. This is a really collaborative community. And that's one of the things I love most about working with bloggers and influencers. But at the same time, even if you're hiring your best friend, make sure you've got a contract saying, best friend, here's what you're going to do for my business. Here's how I'm going to pay you. The stuff that you create, if it's directly for my site, that belongs to me now, not to you. It's really important to have those relationships solidified. So that way, if the relationship goes bad, everybody knows what to expect. It's not going to be a surprise that you then have to have a fight over. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so you said get it in writing. Is it Mm -hmm. enough to just have that over email or do you need a signed contract? Sometimes it's enough to have it over email. What I typically say is you can probably cover some of the terms in an email. Usually I think what people cover there are things like your specific deliverables. Like I'm going to do X, Y, and Z for you and you're going to pay me this much money. What tends to happen is you don't cover everything there. So for example, if you live in a different state and there's a lawsuit that comes up, which state is going to handle it? Mm. Who owns the content? If you guys need to terminate the contract, how do you go about doing that? What is the specific thing that you have to do to terminate? What does the confidentiality provision look like? Can you talk about the fact that you're doing this work? Those are the things that I think get ignored. So an email series can have some of the information that you need, and it may be enough depending upon what the circumstances are. If there is a dispute, it may be enough to get you through that dispute, but it doesn't usually cover everything that you want to include. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I think, again, correct me if I'm wrong, it all comes down to protecting yourself and not in a mean way, but you just want to make sure that you don't get into any sticky situations. Exactly. I think that the relationships just move smoother when everybody knows what's expected of them. Sometimes people feel like, I don't want to ask somebody to sign a contract. They're going to think I'm a bad person. They're going to think that I don't trust them. To me, it's the ultimate sign of trust because you're both making sure that you are on the same page before you get into that relationship. And you're saying, yes, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what you're going to do. And we agree that that's how it's going to happen. So I don't I never want people to feel nervous saying, I really want to put this in writing. Yes, put it in writing for sure. Just make sure that you're covered. This is your business. You know what I mean? That's the that to me is the most important thing to remember is no matter what, at the end of the day, you're running a business and you want to make sure that that business is protected. Yes, 
So we've been talking about bloggers and influencers, but I would love to shift the conversation a little bit and start to talk about authors and books. So mm -hmm. what unique things do authors need to be aware of when it comes to legal issues? I would say that I think there's two ways to look at this. And if you are working with a publisher to put your book out into the market, you're going to have a contract with that publisher. And I think there it's probably important to go to your lawyer, work with them, make sure that everything is covered, make sure you understand particularly copyright licenses can be very detailed, like which rights the publisher has, what you have, and the percentages that go along with those. So I typically recommend that people do contact a lawyer for a contract with a publisher. And that is a service that you offer through hashtag legal. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. We've done a few contracts for people we love. And there's just nothing more fun than seeing somebody who comes to you and say, it's my dream to get this book out. And then they have that opportunity. I absolutely love being a part of that. Mm -hmm. What I think it differs a bit if you are self-publishing, because there's a few things that I think you really need to pay attention to, to make sure that they are on your radar and that you know what needs to be handled. So the biggest piece, I think, is the intellectual property. So particularly for the folks who are listening, if you are a blogger who wants to take your blog content and make that into a book, make sure that you have all of the copyrights in order. If you have photos in there that were perhaps from Creative Commons, make sure you know whether or not you can use those in the type of format that you're using. Um, so if you bought stock photography, did you only have a right to publish it digitally? And is this going to be a hardcover book that people could also buy? You need to make sure what kind of rights you had on certain photos and whether or not those rights continue. Mm -hmm. Because there may be, and it could be as simple as you would need to swap a photo out for something else that you know you have rights to. But I never want to see someone get into a situation where they publish their book and somebody comes to them and says, you didn't have the right to use that. Yes, yes. And even I'm sure you can speak to this more than I do, but I always warn my clients that even Canva, for example, you can use to design a book cover, but you need to be really careful with the licensing of any of those elements that you're using. Exactly. I think that it's really important to dive in because most licenses, like I know that probably the ones that I hear about most frequently are Canva, mm -hmm. some of the stock photo sites and creative market. Make sure you look at what their standard license versus their more extended licenses have, because it may simply be a matter of saying, okay, you know what? I can't have this dollar image from Canva, but if I use their, I know there's like a $9 level and there's probably mm -hmm. one after that. Yes. It can potentially be the number of times that you use that image, what mm -hmm. the license is based on. So if you have a really big hit on your hands with your book, you may exceed if, let's say, for example, the license gives you a thousand uses of that image. So take a look and see, you know, have I exceeded the number of times that I can distribute this, see what it says, and just make sure you're aware of that. Because if there is some type of quantity cap on what you're doing, you just want to have that in the back of your mind that if this happens, I may need to upgrade whatever license it is that I have. Yes. And for Canva users listening at the time we are recording this in late October of 2017, that's absolutely the case. There is a print cutoff. And so just go in and look through the fine print. Contact Danielle. She can obviously look <laughs> through that for you too. But just make sure that you're covered because 
like Danielle said, you don't want to get to a point where your book is a huge success and then all of a sudden you have exceeded the number of print copies that your license allows and all of a sudden you're in all sorts of legal trouble. Exactly. That's one of those things where I always tell people just be aware of it and don't get so attached to something that you aren't willing to change it. Because I think that that is also the piece of it. They're like, no, this is the photo I want. It has to be this. And I understand that it could be the perfect photo, but if it doesn't have the right rights (laughs) that go along with Mm -hmm. it, then it's not the perfect one. You need to make sure that it's both aesthetically perfect and then that it's going to protect you, that you are not going to get into a situation that you don't want to find yourself in after you've published. Yes. And that's true with working with a photographer as well too, correct? Absolutely. Make sure you know if you are working with a photographer or even if you have contractors, like let's say you're doing a cookbook, which I'm like the worst cook in the world. And I think everybody who's ever heard me talk knows this, but I love cookbooks. I love food pictures. Anything you can show me of delicious food, I want to be a part of that. (laughs) So I think that like, let's say you've got a VA who is doing all of your recipe photography. Make sure you have them signing off on the rights saying that even though they took the photo and would hold the original copyright, that it's now being transferred to you, that you own those rights and that you can do whatever you want with it. And it may be a matter of they get a credit where it's photography by whomever, or it may be something where it's 100% work for hire and there isn't a credit. But that's the kind of thing where you want to make sure that please get that in writing. That is a really, really important thing because you don't want to have no contract and then have someone come back to you and say you owe them a piece of your royalties for every copy you've ever sold. Absolutely. And so that is one great example of when an author should hire a lawyer. What are some other cases in which an author should seek out legal counsel? I think that there's a few times. What I would say is it also depends on where you're selling your book. If you are self-publishing and then self-hosting the purchase experience, so let's say you are selling it directly from your website, make sure that you have all of the terms and conditions that you need to have. So regular terms and conditions, any purchase policies, any type of privacy policy that goes along with that. Because once you're collecting someone's payment information, that's going to change from just what you would need to have on a blog because you're getting more of their personal information and how do you use that, et cetera. I also think if you are doing anything that might require a disclaimer, and the example I always use here is I may from time to time use the internet to diagnose myself with things, (laughs) and I refer to it as Dr. Google. Mm -hmm. So if you are using Dr. Google and you end up on WebMD, which is usually where I am, you will see that it says this is for medical information use only. This is not a diagnostic tool. Still talk to your doctor. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important depending upon what you write about. So let's say you are writing about an exercise program. You want to be sure that you've got disclaimers that say, you could be a certified personal trainer. So you may say, I'm a certified personal trainer. However, you're reading this book as informational purposes. I'm not working with you directly. You still need to contact a medical professional to make sure that this is the right program for you. So that is something that I think it's, if you've got any questions about that type of usage, make sure you're checking in with a lawyer just to be certain and to have that 
sense of security that you have the things that you need there. I think it's also important for people who are writing food content, particularly if it's a more specific diet. So let's say you're talking about being gluten-free and you're talking about the potential benefits and the health improvements that you've seen for yourself with a gluten-free diet. Make sure you're clear to them that I'm not diagnosing you with anything. I'm not saying that every single person needs this diet. Please contact your medical professional for assistance. Yes. And that's, of course, amazing advice. Thank you for sharing that, Danielle. Of course. I think that those are just really important points that you bring up that you do need to be aware of any potential liabilities of the content that you create. And you need to make sure, again, that you protect yourself, that you're covered just in case somebody happens to use it in the wrong way. So using the example that you described before, if you are creating a book that includes some workouts, you want to make sure that if somebody injures themselves doing those workouts that they can't come back and sue you or that you're legally protecting yourself. Exactly. Okay. Is there anything else that authors need to know about legal issues? Any Anything else that you think that they need to have in the back of their mind as they are putting together their books? I really think the most important aspect is respecting the intellectual property of others just as they're going to respect it for you. Mm. So make sure that you know you've got the information you need for a copyright page, things along those lines, so that you are protected. You can register your copyright once you're published. But also just make sure that you are respecting the rights of others. So if you're using a trademark of a third party that, you know, you are not owner of whatever trademark that is. Just make sure that you're respecting the rights of others and that you're protecting your own rights. I think that those are really the most important pieces that you can talk about with a lawyer. So if you have any questions on, here's a post that I wrote, is it okay for me to republish this? Do I need to make any tweaks? You can then say, this has been somewhat modified from the original publication version. You can say things like that if there are any questions, but if you feel any level of uncertainty, that's when I think it's going to be really important that you check in with a lawyer just to make sure, first of all, that you have that comfort level of knowing that you're doing the right thing so you don't always have that lingering doubt in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. But it's also great to make sure that things are going in the right direction and that they can help you if there is potentially a problem. Yes. And speaking of getting in contact with a lawyer, how and where can our listeners find you? Absolutely. We have Business Ease, which is business with ESE at the end.com. And that has a lot of resources for influencers and a lot of DIY legal forms, a couple of courses. They can also find us at hashtag dash legal.com if they want to reach out to us for a specific service through the law firm. I will formally pitch the done for you forms on businesses. I have purchased one myself and it's been great for my business, super easy to use. So if you are in need of a, one of these simplified DIY forms, absolutely go check that out. Thank you so much. Of course. And then I also want to make sure that our listeners know about your new podcast, the Business oh, yeah. Ease Influencer Marketing Podcast. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Absolutely. We have found that a lot of times 
the information that you get about the industry is very one-sided and it tends to be more about how to grow your channels here, how to, you know, increase your page views. We wanted to provide a podcast that is really focusing on the business side of influencer marketing and has a lot of content that's applicable to influencers, but also for brands, agencies, networks, the people who work within that influencer marketing space. So that's really what we're concentrating on is the the business side, kind of that back end piece. So we talk about things like legal, scaling, negotiation, that stuff. I will include the link to finding the Businesses Influencer Marketing Podcast on iTunes. I will also include links to hashtag legal, businesses, and Danielle's social media channels in the show notes. So be sure to head over there to find all of that in one easy spot. Perfect. Danielle, do you have any final advice that you would like to share with our listeners? My final piece of advice is don't let the legal side feel like a hurdle that's preventing you from writing that book, because I think it's really important that you have a comfort level there, but don't let it hold you back. If you've got questions or a fear that's lingering there about that side of your business, it's the perfect time to talk to a lawyer to help you get to that next step for your business so that you can move forward. Don't let it be a hurdle. Amazing message. I would just add to that, really don't let anything be a hurdle to getting your book out there make it happen. You can do it. There are resources to help you. If you get stuck writing, let me know. If you get stuck with the legal issues, let Danielle know and just get your much needed book out into the world. And then I want to read it because I'm a big reader. Yes, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking time to share your expertise on the podcast, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. With all of that great advice Danielle just gave you, I know you want to keep in touch with her, follow her, and subscribe to the Businesses Influencer Marketing Podcast. You'll find links to do all of that and more in the show notes, which you can find at bloggertoauthor.com slash 37. Ready to write your next book? There's still time to join me for a special NaNoWriMo challenge in November. I'll be working to write my next book alongside you, and we'll all work to keep each other accountable and on track to write the first draft of our books in November. Plus, if you complete the challenge, I'll give you a free half-hour one-on-one strategy call with me. Join in on the challenge at bloggertoauthor.com slash November. Until next time, happy writing. Thanks for joining us for the Blogger to Author podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share the podcast with your friends and be sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about Blogger to Author and the podcast at bloggertoauthor.com. Till next time, happy writing.